Hi, I'm Dominic Insinius, leader of The Heart. I want to welcome you to The Heart Podcast. Thank you for letting us be a small part in your journey of faith. I hope this message today encourages you and strengthens you. Big things can happen when we expect God to move, so I pray today that God would speak to you through this message. We are uh, smack dab in the middle of our message series called To Be Continued. And, and the, the goal of this, or the idea behind this, the heart behind this series is we, I wanted to take a look at right after Jesus, when it comes to, it comes to the Bible, when it comes to chronologically in the Bible, is how did we get from, okay, we can make, probably wrap our heads around Jesus walking around on earth and Jesus said something and we just shush everybody around us so we can hear what Jesus has to say, right? That's probably easy enough to get our head around. That if we knew Jesus was, you know, doing his tour of South Texas and he's coming to San Marcos, we would clear our schedules and go see Jesus talk. But after Jesus was gone, how did we get from that to where we are today, right? That is the history of the church, the capital C, church, which is really originally translated as kind of like a movement that Jesus was doing that Jesus was a part of, that Jesus was the spark of. And so I wanted to look at it not from just a historical perspective, which I am not good at talking about things from a historical perspective, but what I wanted to look at is what can you and I learn in our faith, okay, in our daily, weekly walk with our faith, what can we learn by looking at the beginnings, the growth, and the expansion of the church, from people who thousands of years ago were trying to do the same thing that you and I are trying to do today. We're trying to figure out what does faith look like for me? What does faith look like for my family? If you're anything like me, your faith has changed and grown and maybe some doubts along the way and some really high highs and some really low lows. Can anybody relate to that with their faith, their faith journey? If you're anything like me, You've had some high highs and some low lows with faith. And so it's fascinating to me that with people like us, great looking people like this church, obviously, you guys get it. It's fascinating to me that we can have these high highs and have these low lows, but still, still choose to pursue growing our faith. Now, depending on how you grew up, I don't know what kind of church you, you know, went to when you were a kid or what kind of church you went to a couple of years ago or whatever trauma you're bringing in. We all have our little trauma that we're bringing in. But depending on how we grew up or the churches that we went to, we have different interactions with faith. Maybe we were taught early on or maybe not taught, but it was implied that you really shouldn't challenge your faith. You really shouldn't challenge the things that God says in here. Maybe you were taught early on, this is the final word. God said every single word in this book. And so you said, okay, well, if that's the case, I can never, who am I to question the God of the universe? Who am I to question what God has said and what God will do? And it is my opinion 
not a fact. It is my opinion that you and I are made in the image of God. God's spirit is within us. So maybe I don't want you to question in, in a sense of, uh, of, of a disrespect or, or with an attitude or whatever. What I want for you, and I talk about this all the time, but I'm really going to talk about it today. What I want for you is for you to challenge your faith. I want you to challenge your faith. And we're going to look at a story today of very early on, someone, his name's Peter, who was with Jesus during Jesus's kind of tour of Jerusalem. And then afterwards, Peter was still trying to live out this faith that he had learned from Jesus. And I want to look at it. It's just a fascinating story of a way of believing being challenged. It's something that I have become more and more comfortable with as far as challenging my faith. I, I say uh, maybe not quite so often, maybe I could say it more often, but I like to say that doubt is not the enemy of faith. Like I said earlier, depending on what kind of you know, church you grew up in or whatever, it was, it was almost like you should never have room for doubt, right? There should never be any doubt. If there's any doubt that you have in God, then you're not believing in God fully. Right? If you ever come to a spot in your faith where you doubt, well, that means your faith maybe isn't on as strong a foundation as it should be. And what I have learned in my journey, okay, this isn't a fact. This is Dom's experience. What I have learned in my experience is that every time I have doubt in my life, it has made room for my faith to grow. Now, what, maybe, maybe what some religious people might have a problem with that is because it also makes room for you to doubt even more. That's the danger of it. But that's kind of the essence of vulnerability, if anybody's a fan of Dr. Brene Brown. She does these studies. Yeah, let's give it up for Brene. <laughs> that's so funny. I did mention Jesus earlier, to no applause, by the way. <laughs> Let me write that down here, front row. <laughs> Dr. Brene Brown, she, has, she did this uh, deep studies on vulnerability. And the, the thing about vulnerability is it leaves you open to get more hurt than you've ever been hurt in your life. But you know what it also does? Simultaneously leaves you wide open to be loved more deeply than you've ever been loved in your life. And that's the nature of it. That's the danger of it. And I feel like it's the same thing with God. I feel like it's the same dynamic is if we make room for doubt and you might say how can I make room I don't need any more room Donald. I got I got doubts coming all around me now I'm saying I, I want us to embrace the doubt make room for doubt if you are hundred percent sure in your faith let's bring some doubt into it let's let God do some work in us okay I want to look at a, a particular verse today you'll, hopefully you'll see what I mean don't walk out yet. Just hear the rest of this. Otherwise, it's just doom and gloom here. I want to look at the book of Acts. Okay, the last couple of weeks we've been in the book of Acts. And chronologically, or, or at least listed here in the Bible, it comes right after the four Gospels. Okay, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And those are the accounts of Jesus on earth, the things that he did, people he talked to, miracles he was a part of, people he healed, all of those stories. And then right after it gives us a glimpse of what happened with all these people that were following Jesus. What the Jewish people, what the Hebrew people, what they wanted to happen is as soon as they got rid of Jesus, they, would, they, they, they thought all of this is going to go away. 
As soon as we get rid of the leader, as soon as we get rid of Jesus, all of this new way of thinking, this way of disrespecting our Jewish heritage and our history, all of that is going to go away. But it didn't. It didn't go away. And the book of Acts, as we're going to read a little bit of it here, kind of gives us a glimpse of what type of faith these men and women had that carried the church, capital C Church, from where it was thousands of years ago, as fragile as it was, to here we are today, being one of the top religions or ways of thinking spiritually in the world. How is that possible? So I want to I start off before I get into the actual passage here, the actual verse, and, and just prompt you with a little bit of a story of what we're looking at. There is a man named Cornelius. Maybe you've heard that name before, maybe you haven't in, in context of the Bible. Cornelius was a Roman soldier, just a guy, just a guy doing his thing. But the Bible here, the story describes him as a God-fearing man who was generous to the poor, prayed regularly to God, which is kind of an interesting, unique part, start to the story, because he would pray religiously to the Jewish God, to Yahweh, to Jehovah. Jehovah Jireh, you guys are just learning all kinds of Hebrew today. So it starts off telling about this man named Cornelius, and he, and he prays to God regularly, and God notices him. God notices that. It's a very interesting, interesting way to put it. And then the story cuts to Peter, and Peter's up on a roof somewhere. He's probably praying. Everybody thinks, you know, spiritual people just pray all the time. He's probably praying. And he gets this vision in this vision, as it describes it here, this vision is a huge, basically, sheet, okay? California king-size white sheet. And on this sheet is all kinds of different animals. And Peter hears a voice, and the voice says, Peter, go and kill and eat. Now, so there was, there was all kinds of animals on there. Now, where we are today, in 2023, looking back, there's nothing weird about that. There's nothing weird about eating animals. I know some people are not, I know some of us are not into that. I'm not saying you should be. But if we have bacon or a burger or, you know, insert other meats, if we have those, that's not weird to think, oh yeah, this came from an animal. But, but, there were certain laws, very strict laws in the Jewish world that said, these are the kind of animals you can eat, and these are the kinds of animals you can't. Like I said, I am not a historian, and I don't claim to be, and uh, so if you want to get into like the historical part of which animals were which and why, you can look into that. But there were some animals that you just weren't allowed to eat because they were considered unclean animals. And to the Jewish faith, Cleanliness and uncleanliness were very, very important, almost sacred. And so Peter hears this voice, go ahead and uh, go kill these animals and eat. And Peter says, no, Lord, I won't eat anything that's unclean. And the voice says again, nothing is unclean if God has said it is clean. So you got to put yourself, if you can, just for a second, put yourself in Peter's shoes here, or his sandals, his Crocs. <laughs> put yourself... <laughs> In Peter's shoes here. You have, let's say, wherever you are in your faith, you have these strong convictions. Okay? 
and you have this vision or you have a dream or you hear a voice, wouldn't that be great to hear God's voice just once? Uh, if you, you hear this voice, and this voice tells you to do something that directly contradicts what you have been taught your whole life that connects to your faith. That's what Peter is facing right here. Not, what's the big deal? Just eat some bacon, Peter. No, he's being asked to do something that he has been fundamentally taught that this is wrong. This is not good. God does not want this. Talk about your faith being challenged. Now, I don't know, it doesn't have, the story doesn't go into any more uh, of the back and forth, but it does say that Peter had this vision three more times. So maybe God really was trying to lay down the message. So here's what that leads to. Okay, is this message today about food? No, it's not, but we could get lunch after this. Here's what that leads to. Watch what happens. Remember I told you about Cornelius? Cornelius gets a word from God. Which, by the way, I have to say, uh, and maybe, maybe you don't uh, think anything about this either way, but I have never, I, I always find it fascinating with people in the Bible, I talk to people and they're like, you know, God told me to do this, or God really wants me to do this. I'm like, I have never, I'm, I'm a very, very young, 42 years old, and in my 42 years, I have never, not once, been told by God to do something or not to do something. And I don't know what that says about me, but uh, it definitely hasn't shaken my faith yet, so maybe I'm on a good track. So if you've never heard God's voice say to do something or not do something, then you're not alone. At least we can start a club together, okay? That doesn't mean I don't believe when people, I mean, I'm sure... God's doing things. God moves in ways I've never seen or understood. But I just, sometimes I feel like, man, it's, it's not always God's just shouting down, you know, directions on whether you should eat that or not, like he does to Peter. So just so you know, okay, that was for free. That wasn't even part of this. So Cornelius has this interaction with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit says you should send for Peter. So Cornelius sends some people to Peter. Peter, once he's done having his visions, they say, you know, Peter, there's some people down here for you. Peter ends up going to Cornelius' house. Now, here's why that is also a big deal. You're like, what? what's the big deal? What's the big deal to eat these foods? Well, now it's not a big deal, but back then. <laughs> back then it was a big deal. Peter going into Cornelius' house, you think, what could possibly be the big deal? Well, back then, it was a big deal. It was not normal. It was not uh, proper. It was, not, it was very, very rare, if at all, for a Jewish person to go into the home of a Gentile, of a non-Jewish person. But Peter was letting his faith be challenged. And maybe this vision of the food, maybe that's no big deal, but that sure, I, I feel like it kind of primed the pump a little bit of like, okay, well, I'm challenging my faith here, and I'm not challenging my faith in a way where I'm just going off the other way. It's challenging your faith in a way, at least I see how Peter did it, challenging faith in a way that causes you to dig deeper into your faith. You see what I mean by that? You see what I mean by challenging your faith in that way? I'm not talking about throwing the baby out with the bathwater, right? It's all, you know, it's all a house of cards, and if one thing is wrong, or if I believe that, that, that everything about the Bible is this, everything about church is this, and if one thing over here I disagree with, then I'm going to throw it all out. That's not challenging your faith, in my opinion. Challenging your faith 
is making room for and embracing the doubts that we have in life for the purpose of digging deeper into our faith, asking ourselves hard questions. And I'm telling you, if, if you can just put yourself a little bit in Peter's shoes here, and he says, He's having to challenge a lot of the things he believes very, very quickly in a successive order, right? First, it's these foods that you're allowed to eat that are clean or unclean. And then it's these people that you need to be around, which Peter's like, I, this is not normal. You would not usually catch me in a home of a Gentile. But there's something bigger at stake here. So what if Peter says, this is too much of a challenge. What happens if Peter says, I can't do it? The rules say this. I can't do it because I'm not supposed to be in your house. I can't do it because I'm not supposed to eat that food. I don't care how many visions I have. I don't care how many times the Holy Spirit speaks to me. I know the rules. I know the law. So that's it. Watch what, what we would have missed out on. Okay, so finally we're going to get to the, the verse. This is Acts chapter 10, and this is verses... 34 through 36. I encourage you to go check it out. Acts chapter 10. Uh, just read through that story. It will take you less than five minutes. But it's, a, it's a pretty cool story. Okay, this is 34 through 36. Well, right before that, Cornelius is talking to, to Peter, and he says, So I sent for you at once, and it was good of you to come. Now we're all here waiting before God to hear the message the Lord has given you, right? So Peter had invited, or uh, uh, Cornelius had invited Peter to give him a message, okay, to bring a message. So then Peter replied, this is uh, verse 34. Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. wonder if we can still say that today. I don't know if we can. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. This is the message of good news for the people of Israel, that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. This is the message. This is the good news. Here is the good news. The good news is that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. That's the good news that Peter is bringing to this family. Now, this is the first recorded conversion to Christianity, to the way, right? The rest of the people were following Jesus, had known Jesus, and maybe it had happened before, but it wasn't recorded like this. That's why I say the first recording of it, where someone who was kind of seeking out God, maybe you're in that position or you have been in that position before where, you know, you weren't quite in church, maybe you didn't consider yourself Christian, but you were kind of exploring your faith and trying to understand what it meant to, 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 to believe in God, to talk to God, what that's all about. And there were some things that Cornelius was, was doing. And, and it's, not about, it's not about your works, right? It's not about are you doing the right things, but there's something, there's something that changes in us and our actions change when we start to believe a certain way, Right? When we become grateful for what we have, let's say, okay, and, and gratitude is not a Christian thing. You can be grateful without being Christian. When we become grateful for what we have, there's something in us that becomes a little bit more generous with what we have, right? Maybe you're likely to give something away or let somebody borrow something or whatever it is. 
And maybe that's a terrible example, but what I'm saying is, is sometimes our actions come from something deeper that is happening within us. And this story started off with Cornelius was noticed by God because he was praying regularly. He was being generous to the poor. Something about being generous to people who don't have as much as you. And God noticed that. And we go from that to Peter pushing aside his doubts. You see that? Peter pushing aside his doubts. So here, I, I wrote this down, uh, I want, and I want you to, to write this down or take a picture, just remember it, or, or just listen. Okay, ready? Our faith is meant to connect us to others, not protect us from others. I don't know, I don't know where, you, where you are in your journey of faith here, if you know somebody like this, where sometimes we have our faith is like this shield, right? Sometimes our faith is like, well, I can't, I can't be around you. I can't associate with you because that doesn't line up with what I believe. And watch what we miss out on if we don't follow in the steps of Peter and say, you know what, I have doubts. And that does go against what I have been taught to believe. But I know that my faith in God, that I am believing in a God who is bigger than me, who knows more than me, who sees more than me. So maybe, just maybe, we can challenge our faith in a way that causes us to dig deeper into our faith. Not to say, sorry, I can't be around that. Sorry, I can't talk to you about that. Peter pushes through his doubts the way I pray you and I would be bold enough to do. He challenges things he's learned since he was a child. And because he did that, because he did that, we get this story of someone who is noticed by God, reaches out for connection, and is connected by someone who could have said, sorry, not my job, not my role, not my people. I don't know if we agree on everything, so I don't know if I can come share this with you. What if you and I, what if you and I were brave enough and bold enough to look at the people around us and say, you know what? God shows no favoritism. And maybe, maybe neither can I. Maybe we can say, there is good news. And the good news is, is there is peace in God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. I just, I absolutely love, love, love every time I read in the Bible where it talks about Jesus being Lord of all. I feel like that's a little bit of something that we might miss sometimes because it's not Jesus is Lord of the Christians, <laughs> right? Jesus came to save part of the world that believed in him. <laughs> what a lame version of the Bible that would be, right? I just love when it talks about, when the Bible mentions, the, author, the, uh, the authors of the Bible mention the, just the totality of what God came to do. The, the, the every single person from the beginning of time to the end of time falls within God's love, Jesus' grace, and what God's plan was for humanity. So here's what I want for you. Here's my challenge for you today, this week, wherever you're at in your life, is I want you to make room for doubt in your faith for the purpose of digging into your faith, digging deeper into your faith. I don't know what that looks like for you today or the kind of things you're facing today. And what I want for you is for your faith to connect you with others. Not as a way to block, not as a way to separate, not as a way to segregate this group of people from this group of people. 
You don't look like me. You don't sound like me. You don't believe like me. So because of that, now my faith is a barrier between us. You see that? And if we can just take a little bit of a hint from what Peter was doing, Peter boldly pushes past these strong red flags that he has in his life of, I am not supposed to do this. My culture, my faith has said, do not do these things. And he pushes past because he's willing to dig into his faith. He's willing to explore his faith. Can you imagine walking around with Jesus and Jesus just turning the laws of man and physics upside down to do whatever he's doing? Just maybe you might have, you and I might have the bravery and the boldness to just step maybe a little bit more into our faith. I don't know. Jesus did walk on water. Maybe, maybe. I can go talk to somebody who's not a believer like me. Jesus did heal people. Jesus fed people supernaturally. Maybe, just maybe, we can challenge ourselves a little bit in this. What would it look like for you? Maybe in your life, in your faith, you already have doubts. You don't need more doubts. You, you have doubts right now, and you're, and you're struggling with them or, or, or having issues with them, let me, let me encourage you, please, to embrace that doubt and then keep bringing that doubt to God. Keep bringing that doubt. In, in the same breath that I pray for people like you and I pray for me, in the same breath that I pray for doubts or room for doubts, in that same breath, I pray for those doubts to bring me closer to God. I pray for those doubts to bring you closer to God. I think that's where, we, that's where we miss out on an incredible growth. Incredible growth in our faith is when we don't bring those doubts back. When we're so afraid of a doubt being the end of our faith in general that we just we want to, we run away from God. We run away from church. We run away from church people. We stop responding to people on text, whatever it is. And what if, what if, just for today, just for this week, we said, okay, I'm ready for some doubts because I know that I'm not alone in my doubts and I know that I can keep bringing those doubts to God. What an incredible, what an incredible week we could have if we could just be a little bit like Peter here who says, all right, there's some things in my way, but there's someone over there that's worth connecting with. There's some things in my way and some flags are going up and I'm not quite sure, I'm not quite sure of this, but you know what? People are worth it. People are worth it. That's the message that we get from God. It's the message that we get from what Jesus chose to do on the cross. And it's the message we get from this right here, Peter's actions. The message is people are worth it. You are worth it and the people around you are worth it. If you could, I want you to close your eyes for a moment and bow your heads. I want to pray for you this morning. I'm going to pray for boldness for you, for me. I'm going to pray that we would have the courage to stretch our faith I'm going to pray that for you and for me, so let's do it. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the faith that we're able to have. God, it's because of you that we're able to walk in this faith. God, wherever we are right now, whatever we're dealing with, uh, the, the doubts and the mistrust that we have, God, I pray that we would be brave enough to bring those right back to you that you are not scared of our doubt. You're not scared of the questions that we might ask. God, I pray that we could be like Peter where we walk into our doubt. 
We walk into our doubt with you, holding our hand, and that we can walk through our doubt with you. I pray that our doubt would not stop us from exploring our faith. Our doubt would not stop us from taking our faith further. And I pray that our faith would not be a wall between us and somebody else, but would be a bridge, would be a connection that we could connect with the people around us because of the faith that you have given us, the faith that we have in you. So we thank you for that. We pray that in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Heart Podcast. At The Heart, we like to say you don't have to go to church here to go to church here. That means you are already part of the community just by listening to the message today. If today's message connected with you, we want to invite you to share it with someone who may benefit from it. We would love to be a part of your journey of faith. Please visit us online at www.theheart.church forward slash next to see what your next step may be. And if you live near San Marcos, Texas, we would like to invite you to visit us in person this Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Remember to be bold this week and connect with those around you. It's how your relationships grow and how your faith grows. Mm -hmm.